0: Welcome back. It's Jess, and this is Marketing Off the Mat. I am so stoked to be sharing this episode that I had with my friend Maureen Cizik. She is a life coach and a guide. She's an incredible human. She has had a wealth of experience in her lifetime and her career as a marketer and now as a life coach. We have a really fun, honest conversation about all things life and moving into a career that fulfills all the twists and turns that come along with that. She is the coach and founder of Muddy Lotus Coaching, and you are just going to love her. Let's take a listen.
1: Well, hey there, Miss Maureen. How are you? Jessica Cross. Thanks for having (laughs) me. It's so good to see your face.
0: Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, so I Um, I'm not sure why I haven't gotten you on the podcast sooner because I just love your energy and your story and all of the amazingness that you put out into the world energetically. And it's been such a pleasure to get to know you. And I was, why are you not on this podcast? Because everyone needs to get your message and your like magic, like in their ears. So I'm just so glad that we were able to do this today. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you for that.
0: Um, okay, well, since I already know you, um, the people listening in the room don't quite yet and'd love to hear a little bit about your journey and your story and all of the steps that you've taken on your path that led you here today.
1: Okay, so I think we wanted to talk a little bit about career stuff, right? Because yes. your people are folks who are in the wellness community or building their own wellness community. Some of them have a corporate background or some other way of earning money while they are doing these things on the side, looking to bring it to the forefront. Um, I wasn't built that way. I didn't come into the world that way. And even the phrase career journey feels a little strange to me. I feel my career was more accidental as opposed to intentional. I always knew I would do cool things, right? I would have some cool jobs. I would make some good money. I'd make some good people, hopefully doing it for companies that weren't ruining the planet in any way. Happy to say I checked all those boxes, but I didn't ever see one particular role or title or industry as something right? I was going to hold on to or really pursue or go after. But one thread did start to make itself apparent in my career. So I studied journalism as an undergrad and I have an MFA in fiction, which happened many years later. Um, but this thread of storytelling really started to become apparent whether I was writing sales proposals and event proposals when, you know, I first started out in the events industry, something I don't think you knew that we had in common.
0: I did not know that. <laughs>
1: yes and then i started building websites right because i am that many years old that there was no internet when i first started working so then i started telling stories with code and i worked for a bunch of dot com startups and told a lot of stories with code and then the dot com story itself sort of blew up somewhere around the year 2000 so i went back and got an mfa in fiction um So how does that all fit together and why did I then wind up in digital marketing for so many years? Well, then we took the intersection of technology and storytelling, which your audience and you from your own background know as SEO and search engine optimization. So I was like, oh, here's an even more interesting way to tell a story. And then we look at the story the search engines are telling as things are coming up in results. And that's really about the time also that marketing became more data driven and a little more science backed. So it wasn't just ad campaigns and pretty posters and nice color palettes. There were some hardcore metrics that we started measuring. And then we started telling stories with data. So I also had the good fortune of getting to tell those stories for a variety of companies that were mission-based, right? We were either helping people buy homes or we were helping them get information to make their lives better or root cause medicine or higher education. There were so many ways that these companies were contributing to make the world a better place. So, you know, I kind of felt okay with that. And and a really funny thing happened on my way up the corporate ladder. And that is my boyfriend and I opened a restaurant together. Right. So, We And I continued to work full-time in my corporate role while we had the restaurant. So that's a tough business. If you've ever read about it or heard the jokes, how do you make a small fortune owning a restaurant, start with a large fortune, you know, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) It is a hard business. And we built a seven-figure restaurant together. So I know what it takes to build a seven-figure business. I know what it's like to sweat payroll Every week, wonder where's the money going to come from? Where's the revenue? So the idea that I would ever hang a shingle and wind up working for myself, when I tell you, like, no, no, because the not-so-funny thing that happened was five years after we opened the restaurant, we also had to close it, and that's that's probably a podcast series I might do on my own, like yes. some other day. It's um, definitely an interesting chapter in my life. And after we closed the restaurant, it's not, you know, you close a business, people think it's easy. You just go out of business and you're done, but there are a lot of legal and financial and other entanglements that you need to start to pull apart in order to get your life back. Mm -hmm. Um, It is painful. It is ugly. And uh, while it all turned out fine, and there's some divine timing and and other, other things about trusting the universe in there, um, my parents died 26 months apart while all of that was going on. And so when I tell I, when I tell you that in addition, and this almost seems unbelievable, we also owned a four family home, which we lived in, but we had all these rental units literally did not want to own anything again, have any responsibility at all. Like happy to show up in an office every day, take my direction from the executive team and play my small role in moving those metrics slightly north of, you know, third quarter projections. I was happy to make that my life. Um, And then, you know, the, the leap from corporate was also accidental and it wasn't intentional. I did think for a while that I would be interested in coaching. I didn't really want to go back to school and earn another degree, social work, psychology. It's like, okay, anybody, anybody really can just hang a shingle and call themselves a coach. And I think if you spend any time on Instagram or you're in personal development or personal growth circles, I, you know, you see that. Uh and it's something I've done informally with people for a number of years. And so I just turned 51. So right, I think the so 2019, when I was 49, you know, 50s looming. And I'm thinking, all right, I can keep doing what I'm doing for a while. I can keep doing it for any logo that wants to hire me. Um, what can I start doing on the side now that can be my third act so that when I retire, if I want to continue generating income or contributing into the world in some way, like what does that look like, what that's going to be? So I think it was, this was like the beginning of summer. I formed my LLC and hired a young woman who was actually on my team at my my former company to do my brand identity. So I was sort of like very slowly, I had my domain name, I created my LLC, but Jessica, you know what happens when you make a signal to the universe, right? And if the universe is like, oh, she's here, she's showing up, she's ready, she's gonna step into that. Five months after I started those steps, and also five months before the pandemic started, I was reorganized out of that job. Wow! <laughs> so right,
0: right. <laughs> it's almost incredulous when you when you think about how that all came came together. That's it's incredible. Um, like, and I just love what you said. Is when when we brighten our heart and we move in a direction that in the universe recognizes that and responds in kind, Mm -hmm. it's, it's almost this little, like shove this little, like hand on your back. You're like, yeah, we're, you know, we're ready. Let's go together.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, at that point in my life, I was in a good position to say, well, okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow both paths for a period of time. I'm going to interview I'm going to keep looking for the next opportunity and I'm going to start pulling everything I need together for my coaching business. And whichever, like, whichever track gives me the most traction, like, that's the one I'm going to follow. And then, hello, 2020, and the novel coronavirus and the worldwide pandemic. So, th- this is where. And this is not me like shaking my fists at the universe, like you somehow ruined my plans, right? But, you know, I mentioned before, my boyfriend and I had owned a restaurant together for five years that was in the fine dining um, category. And in late 2016, early 2017, um, he opened a cafe. So we are still in the hospitality industry at a time where what we do for a living is now, you know, at the center of don't go to restaurants, everybody's shutting down, like what's going to happen? What are we going to do? You know, we've never never been in this position before, but the nice thing about not being in fine dining, right? So, I mean, again, when you think about sort of the divine timing and the way, if we had still been in fine dining, we would have been screwed. But we were in, you know, fast, casual, quick service, food that already traveled well. Like we were very... We were very blessed that we were already in a position. We didn't really have to pivot. We just needed to scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, and that's something that can happen in any business. And I think we learned a lot about that in terms of sustainability. And we also couldn't have made those pivots if I'd been working full-time, right? So if that track that I had been following had led me to another full-time position, um, his business wouldn't have survived or we would have had to make some other you know, really difficult really difficult decisions. Um, so again, it was like, okay, woman, what are you gonna do? <laughs> okay, woman. <laughs> and that's how I talk to myself in my head because I'm a grown ass woman. I'm like, okay, woman, what, do, what, what are you gonna do, right? It's all lining up here, what's gonna happen? Um, and I have a, a client roster, some people who've been working with me um, over the long term and some new people who have have come on board since then but you know did i ever think i like i really would like hang that shingle and start building this business and have the visibility online absolutely absolutely not so i don't know that everybody's story is intentional right you wound up quitting your job one of my favorite podcast episodes in a way that you didn't expect right it was sort of in your mind and part of your plan and then one day the idea of taking a leap wasn't enough like you literally had to take that leap and put in your notice mm, yeah it, never, it doesn't quite go the way we plan it never does and
0: <laughs> it ever <laughs> I, I i love what you said there it's like um we i think as humans need a plan to lash upon and feel like okay i have I have something in my hands. If something goes wrong, I'll do this. It's going to be okay. And the mm-hmm. universe is like, okay, please set that down. And we're going to do the actual thing now. Yes. <laughs> oh man. It's so good. Gosh. I, um, I, I, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and um, you don't know Maureen or i that well. We we chat almost daily, it seems like, several times a week, Mm -hmm. and I just feel like I learned so much about your experience and everything that just brought you to this moment and how you have been prepared for this coaching work that you're doing now and all this life experience that you needed to be a part of your repertoire, basically, so you could serve your clients. And that's mm-hmm. so powerful. And, you know, not only the actual nuts and bolts skills of marketing, but the multiple businesses that you've owned and, and been partner in and taking those through a pandemic <laughs> and coming, coming out the other side with so much more knowledge and clarity. And, um, you know, things are still tough. I can imagine, but, you know, you're, you're getting through, you're traversing this incredibly tough path and, and coming out on the other side with so much more in, in order to, to give to, to your, your people, which is incredible.
1: And I think, you know, you're not able to do that as a human being, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, if you haven't failed, right? Failure is not fatal. It's not fatal. Um, is it painful? Hell yes. Is it going to really make you take a good, hard look at your values, needs, and wants? Absolutely. Um, but it's not fatal. It's not fatal. And when you when you understand that, I'm not a risk taker by nature. I really, I'm not. Um, I'm chronically early for everything. I don't want to be late, like all, all of those things, right? So <laughs> the idea that a, I took the risk on the initial restaurant. And, and it did end up in a place that, of course, we didn't want it to. Um, and we did have to go through that pain. Uh, but then looking where we ended up now in the face of a pandemic, we would have just, right, that failure just would have been delayed by five years, and it wouldn't have been on our own terms. So it really, and sometimes it can, it can take, it could take a good amount of time before that hindsight really comes into a good 2020 focus. But I mean, it, it is there when you can get out of your own way, when you can get out of your own way to see that. Oh, isn't that the work to get out of your own way? Like and, and And that sort of brings me back to the whole idea of, you know, all these, all the storytelling that I've been doing since I was in school and the way the storytelling came through all the jobs are all those stories that we're telling ourselves all the time. And I think that's what, that's what really brought it into focus for me in terms of how I was going to serve with my coaching business. Right. And no mud, no Lotus is a much nicer way of saying no pain, no gain. Yes. Right. Um, some people like to say no grit, no pearl, but no mud, no lotus, you know, just really felt right to me. And, you know, everybody likes a good before and after story. Everybody loves the transformation and the triumph. Um, nobody really wants to spend time in the middle where it's messy and bloody and painful and raw. And that is actually where the hard work of transformation happens. And, mm-hmm. When I was going through that period of my parents declining and dying and we're losing the business and all the the legal and financial things that were untangling, and it was so hard and nobody could go through it for me. Nobody could go through it with me. What I needed was somebody who could be with me while I was in it. And that doesn't always work when it's the people who are closest to you. So to be able to create sort of that compassionate observer, that person who's on your team, but not in your circle, right? And I was very lucky that I had those people in my life. And I went a route with energy healing and therapy and a little bit of coaching and, you know, just sort of had like this, called them my temple team, right, this being the temple. You know, I had this temple team that really sort of like helped me keep all the pieces together. And I was like, you know, this as hard as it was, as painful as it was, it really is why I have what I have today, spiritually, emotionally, cognitively, all of those, even materially, to be honest. Um, and so to be able to provide that same sort of safe, safe space for other people is really why I decided to go all in on this and why it's Muddy Lotus, right? Because I want to be, everybody's going to love you afterwards with your triumphant story and people are going to be part of your before story, but the middle is where the magic happens. And that's that's really where I want to be. Mm.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. I love I love what you said about us as a culture glorifying the transformation and the you know the before and after pictures or the before and after story and and how that all kind of came about but it's that the work in between is where the magic the mud of the lotus makes all the difference that's where the growth Mm -hmm. happens it's the shedding of the skin it's all of those uncomfortable crazy moments where you're you know spending time with somebody in a coaching setting that is, is impartial. They're, they're just a, they're an active listener. They have their own experience and can hold space for you in, in this transformation. Just not like, you know, your partner or your parent or your best friend. Mm-hmm. They have, they all have their own ways, of course, but just having that, that clear lens of somebody who can hold space for that really messy stuff. Cause it's, well,
1: Yeah. So, I mean, even in the movies, right? When that part of the story is happening, it's a montage, right? And they put a song over it and the images (laughs) go by like this. And it's like, no, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see.
0: That's so true. i never I' never considered that that is that's such a great example because it's almost it's 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 more fun to to put it to a cadence of music and throw a lovely filter over it while somebody's yes. like sweating and gritting and like you know, getting through i'm I'm picturing Rocky right now. that's probably not what everybody's thinking if you're listening to this podcast, but <laughs> I'm just picturing the Rocky montage. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. but, Well, you know, from your own coaching work, right? It's, it's, it's the impartial part. It's having that distance. It's holding the space, but it's also being able to hold the highest vision of possibility for the people who have hired you, which, I mean, maybe your significant other can do that because they love you, but they have their biases, their agenda and their stuff, right? And in the coaching room, in the relationship in the container that we create for our clients, it's their agenda right? It's not, it's not about us. Um, and that I think is the most beautiful part of doing, doing this work, or at least it is for me.
0: Mm, That's so good.
1: So you're all in, you're all in, in your
0: coaching business.
1: Uh, I am all in on my coaching business, but I will say I do have other income streams, right? So I do support my boyfriend's cafe from a back office perspective. Sometimes I'm doing the book, sometimes I'm doing HR, right? (laughs) Where all the stories you're reading about hiring and hospitality are true. (laughs) I'm doing a lot of interviews when the candidates show up, um, but when they do, they're usually really good. And then I I still also have some marketing clients. So it's interesting. We talk about mindset a lot in the coaching world. And when you say, are you all in on your coaching? Um, it took me a while to understand that I can be all in on my coaching. That does not mean that coaching is the only thing that I'm doing to bring in, to bring in the income right now.
0: Yeah. You're all in on being your own boss. You're all in on owning your time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, part of that is your, your coaching container and the other is the 50 hats that you wear and in this other business that you support and yeah also owning your own time from a rest perspective and an enjoyment perspective, which is, I don't know about for you from the corporate shift into you know, owning your own business and working for yourself is that, and I'm still in it, is, is, a, is an interesting shift when you manage your own time.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so, you know, how, how has it been being your own boss? Like after working for and with several different other businesses, like how, how is that going?
1: So it's interesting. I think what I, so I have a lot more years of conditioning in the corporate world than you do, (laughs) or maybe a lot of your audience does. And I think the biggest shift mentally for me was to understand that going to work for yourself does not mean that you replicate what your life in corporate was like. And the only thing that changes is, you know, the signature on your paycheck. Um, It's really a different journey. And it's a way of, right? So I was sort of caught in this idea still of desk time. So I'm somebody who I do really well with structure and routines. And it's like, okay, I'm going to continue to get up at the same time every day. And I'm going to go sit in my home office. And and I had, like you, um, I first started working remotely in 2004. Wow. I moved to, I moved from Boston to California for a couple of years, and I worked East Coast hours from the West Coast. And then even when I moved back, I was based um, further up in New England. So I'm in New Hampshire and my offices were in Boston. So I would only go into the office once a week. So I had a good handle on doing things like making sure wherever you do your work, if you can, you have a door so you can close that door at the end of the day and like make a physical boundary between you and your work. Um, But I was still conditioned to think it still has to be so many hours in a day. And what does all in mean? All in means I should be putting 40 hours into this. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so there were days where I would just sit at my desk and spin my wheels and do info scrolling or doom scrolling, depending upon what the energy was that day. Right. And the next thing I know, you know, three hours are gone, but damn it, Jessica, I sat at my desk, you know, for eight hours. So I must be all in. And that's just a big, yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Nobody's (laughs) cheering for that. Nobody's cheering for the time I wasted sitting at that desk. Uh,
0: That's, that's so relatable. That's so related. And it's, it's, it's really crazy when we kind of pull apart that whole construct of time that has been, um, you know, if you if you've ever worked for anybody, which I'm most of the people listening have, and and you and I both have, it's this it's rooted in you know the industrial revolution over a mm-hmm. hundred years ago, and and how. That translates to sitting at our desks and typing away for eight hours. I'm not exactly sure, but we've never been able to really question it until we're in a different setting than, you mm-hmm. know, the traditional, you know, nine to five. So I love that. I mean, I, I find myself doing the same thing where I'll sit at my desk. I'm like, okay, I'm here, you know, Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing it. it. I'm doing it, <laughs> but doing what exactly?
1: Is well, the question. So, so let me ask you this. Cause it's a, it's something I've been thinking about for a for a while in relation to people who are making that transition or deciding that they want to work for themselves in whatever capacity, whether they're doing bookkeeping or pet sitting or, you know, whatever, when you made the leap, did you take the time to create an onboarding plan for yourself?
0: (laughs) Oh, goodness. No.
1: Right. Um, No, I didn't either. So why, why are we not onboarding ourselves into the companies that we're creating based on our personal core values, needs, and wants, how we want to be serving in the world. But what we do instead is take everything that we've learned from all the people who've paid us over the years, and we try to shove our business into this box that they've created, and it just, it's not working. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, that is so true. And it needed to be said, because that is, that's exactly what we need. And we if we... I like you do well with structure, um, having some sort of um, roadmap at minimum, exactly like how, how we're leveling into this business. And I think it's tough too, as if, you know, someone like me, you know, I'm, I've, I've been side hustling for quite a while and then moving into this full-time construct sooner. If you, as you mentioned, listen to a previous episode of mine, a little sooner than I had planned. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, I was done and I, you know, just stepped right on in. And, you know, that really it hasn't much time has not passed since that happened. And it's mainly been about like, what, you know, what are my hours? Like when, when am I, what are my mm-hmm. active hours? And then having that intention and then watching life just spill Water upon it as it turns into <laughs> this like watercolor of a schedule of some sort. That was a that was a weird analogy, but just kind of seeing like um you know uh, what I would offer to other people that are starting their own businesses or stepping into working for themselves for full time. And that is such a perfect example. Is like onboard mm-hmm. yourself, girl. <laughs> like yeah,
1: do I mean, it. If you <clears throat> at some point whether it's when you reach 100K, 150K, 200K, whatever is right for whichever entrepreneur, you will need to hire someone. And maybe it's someone a little bit more than a VA. So when you're bringing that person on their team, you're going to be like, hey, VA, I expect you to sit at your desk for 40 hours a week. No, here's the work that needs to get done in service to these goals, which roll up to this vision that I have for my life and my role and my contribution to the world. And however we get it done, we get it done. Mm. Yes,
0: that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, if you if you don't know where you're headed, you can't take anybody with you, be mm-hmm. it a VA or a client. You've gotta, no.
1: you've gotta have a roadmap. Yeah, so we we all should. And I say this as someone who did not do it myself, right? I say this, we should all be learning how to onboard ourselves.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, as you said, it's it's a it's almost the thing that we teach is the thing that we need the most, or we needed the most, or for need ourselves. To learn. <laughs> yeah.
1: <clears throat> well, That's I always true. used to say too is when we talk about resistance. So when I think about my yoga practice in my twenties, you know, it was all vinyasa, like no hatha for me. And I had a mentor say to me, "Then probably what you need to be doing is hatha."
0: It's so true. It's so true. It, 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 that, that on a big scale, the type of practice that also too like to the pose, I you sometimes you hear it say the pose that you avoid the most is probably your, that's your practice.
1: Warrior three.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. And, and I, yeah, same like, re, like more restorative practice when I just want to keep going, keep going and moving and moving in and out of things is that would be my medicine. So any, anyway, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's the things that we teach that we need the most or our former self needed that we, that we want to offer in our, Mm -hmm. our coaching container.
1: Which is what I think is so beautiful about the wellness community that you're serving, because these concepts are not unfamiliar to them, you know, as teachers and healers and bringers of light to their people. So to be able to have the business support that you're bringing to them when they are already sort of aware of that and can see those patterns in themselves because they're used to seeing it on the mat right now taking it off the mat it's just um it's just incredible like it's i think it's going to be really 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 good
0: thank you thank you and yeah i'm just kind of going alongside everybody as as i'm figuring Mm -hmm. this stuff out so I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that the message is landing and it feel, feels like it will, it will serve. I, ho- I hope the folks that are listening are, are getting a lot about out of it um, in general. And I know I'm getting a lot about this conversation for myself too. So this is <laughs> partially selfish. <laughs> so, okay. You have so much experience in working in corporate for yourself, also managing your own time, you've got hospitality experience, you have this at the knowledge and like, throughout your journey, if there was something that you could tell the person on the other side of this microphone, listening in today, that would save them some time and some energy as they're stepping into maybe a side hustle or working full time for themselves, what would that be? And it could be a couple things too. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, well, number one, I mean, I think what just sort of organically came out of this conversation is to onboard yourself right? When, when you're starting, like really, and there's a lot of talk about like, you know, being a CEO versus right. And, and that kind of mindset, but really think about the onboarding, like we've all had experiences wherever we've worked that have been less than stellar, right? So how can you make the best experience for yourself? How can you, you know, create your own employee retention plan, even though you're an employee of one, um, and then this is going to sound a little self-serving and I don't mean it to be because it includes the word coach, right? And my advice would be to hire a coach and I don't, and I'm not saying like hire me or hire you, or, I mean, that would be great, but that's not what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> cause, cause, cause coaching and, and resources can happen from a lot of places. Some people have existing mentor relationships or, you know, they have a personal trainer that they might be working with, um, Reiki master that they're studying with, right? You know, just for some examples, um, but hire a coach and hire them now. Like a lot of people, myself included, even as a coach thought, well, I'll hire one when I'm ready. The coach helps you get ready.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: don't wait and, you know, hire who you can, um, whoever speaks to you, because the, the more you can start to invest in that now, the further ahead you're going to be later. If you keep waiting until you're ready to get a coach, it's kind of like, I don't know, I'm having difficulty coming up with a good analogy for it. But I mean, it's almost like if you want people, particularly for people in the wellness industries, I think a lot of, a lot of people still look at, oh, yoga or energy healing. These are, you know, these are luxuries or indulgences, right? And Based on my journey and what I have been through in, you know, in this lifetime, maybe other lifetimes, like it's a necessity, right? You heard me talk about my temple team before, like for me, for me, it is a necessity. Um, And if you're, if, if you're not investing in the things that are a necessity for your business, I think energetically, it makes it difficult for your ideal clients to invest in you. Um, Mm -hmm. So whatever you can do to keep your mind right. So you can come from the heart, lead from the heart, serve from the heart is going to help you da- get further down your path. Um, there's still going to be bumps. There's still going to be failures. There's still going to be bruises. But like I said it before, and, and I think, you know, we've probably heard it in other places across the internet, right? You can go fast alone or you can go further together. Um, but I think You know, when you have somebody who's also been on an entrepreneurial journey who can be in your corner, right? Nobody can be in it with you, you know, to kind of go back to, you know, where Muddy Lotus came from, but everybody can have someone be with them while they're in it. Um, And so, yeah, onboard yourself, hire a coach and hire that coach as early in your process as you can um, and get ready to make big things happen.
0: Mm. That's so good. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the go you go back to hiring, feeling like you should wait until you're ready to hire somebody to support you and, and listen to the crazy rantings or bring you back when you have gone a little too close to the ledge (laughs) Mm -hmm. because we, because we all have those days where it's, you know, it's really great one day and it kind of dips and you're like, you know, what the heck am I doing? Just having that person to lean upon and riff off when you're, you're kind of in a spin or you're not exactly sure which is the right step to take on this particular thing or this part of your journey. That is so true. And I don't know that we are ever quote unquote ready if, yeah, I don't think we ever are.
1: No, no, we're definitely never ready for starting the business or scaling the business or, you know, all of those things. Um, even like the little marketing campaigns that we all start out with, right? Like, oh, I'm not ready. My website's not ready. But also if you don't, if you, I think too, if you don't feel like you're ready for a coach, like I'm not developed enough in my business to deserve to have a coach because I haven't done all these other things the coach is going to help you be ready to get those other things done. Um, And so, yeah, it's, um, I had to think about this. We might have to talk about this some more just on our own time, this whole concept of being ready.
0: Yeah. Or maybe that's another episode. (laughs) I'd love to come back. Yeah. So I would love to have you. I feel like we could just chat forever. (laughs) So, so you have so many cool things to offer folks and I want, you to tell us like what you have coming up, what are the ways that people can work with you or reach out and get some guidance or some time with you in muddy Lotus coaching.
1: So you can find me at muddy lotuscoaching.com, obviously. And I'm <laughs> on Instagram at muddy.lotus.coaching. So those are two easy ways to find me. Um, I do have a Facebook page. I don't do very much there very often. And depending upon when this episode airs, and I will probably do this again at another point in time, but September is free coaching month. So I, you know, the world is just a lot right now. And whenever I feel contracted, the easiest way for me to expand is to give things away. And so I have space um, first come first serve for, you know, three to five new friends in September. I'll be weekly sessions. So you know, four sessions once a week for one-on-one coaching. Um, So just set up a discovery call or send me a DM over Instagram if you're interested in that. Um, You know, very similar to other folks who do like pay what you can for your, for their courses or their programs or, you know, it's their birthday or whatever. Um, I decided just to give this away in September. You know, I really feel like intention setting resolutions, however we wanna label it, it really gets short shrift. Like, I'm not saying like, oh, we're gonna panic and not wait till December 31st, but it takes time. Like clarity takes time, transformation takes time. And I know there are people who now are thinking, I don't want 2022 to feel like it is or look like it is. Um, and so let's see what we can start to do now to create that vision. So it's not this big, you know, you know, like how you panic clean when people are coming over to your house. I feel like people do that at the end of the year, like, oh, I need to clean up my mindset and my intentions and set my resolutions. And here are my mantras and my affirmations, like slow everything down and let's just have some conversations in the month of September and see what comes up.
0: Oh, if if you're listening and you have any interest in a thought partner, like, maureen i've been the recipient of some of her amazing amazing points just little little glimmers of hey Jess, maybe you should think of it this way and and, <laughs> and such a great person to chat with like it's and i i didn't know that you were offering that in september this is going to drop at the beginning of the month so mo- oh, many perfect. people are going to yeah a lot of people are going to hear this if you're listening send Maureen a, a DM or an email however that works for you but reach out to her and take advantage because you will not be sorry and just like she said there's no reason to wait till the end of the year like September start right now like as we were saying you're never going to be quote unquote ready so just start anyway
1: no so I had a conversation with my mentor this morning um and I guess these would sort of be my my parting words, right? And so they're not mine; they are hers. Um, her name is Alyssa, and she's one of the greatest lights in my life. Um, she runs the American Confidence Institute, and she said, "You know, the days of YOLO are over." She's like, "What it really is is life is too short to f around." <sighs> and so it's really, yeah. We had a, we had a long conversation about that this week, and, and damn it, she's she's right.
0: Oh man, she is right. I'm, I'm going to second that one too. Those are are really powerful words and I'm, I'm feeling that myself. So yeah, (laughs) thanks for sharing that with us and, and thanks for all your amazing energy and we'll, we'll put your links um, in in the notes and, and make sure people get to reach out and connect with you and your amazing self. And I'm just so grateful to, to have you here and, and thank you so much for your time.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me and for creating this amazing platform for your amazing self, for your amazing community.
0: (laughs) We're amazing.
1: We're amazing. All right.
0: Thank you so much. Bye. That episode was so great. I hope you love Maureen just as much as I do. Be sure to take her up on those free coaching calls. Oh my goodness. Reach out to her at Muddy Lotus Coaching on Instagram or drop her an email. The links are in the show notes. She is a gem and she offers me all types of amazing advice all the time. I can only imagine what it's like to work with her on a regular basis. So take her up on that free coaching month. I hope that you got a lot of out of this episode, just like I did. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the marketing off the Mat podcast. I love hanging with you as we figure this thing out together. Do you have an idea or something to share with me? Send me a DM on Instagram at justcacross.co and let me know what's on your mind. I'd be so grateful if you shared this with someone who could use this episode. And if you get a chance, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Catch you on the next episode. See
1: ya.